this series is a series that I've really been needing to preach on for quite some time. And the series title is simply called Keep the Change. It's not a series about money. It's not a series about giving. It's all about how do we keep the change that has happened in our life. Because when, when you and I accept Christ, there's a change that happens in our, in our life, in our heart. A change takes place. And, and, and we want to kind of keep that change. Have you ever gotten a, a new car? Maybe not a brand new car, but it's kind of new to you. And you get in there and it kind of has that new car smell. Okay? And you're like, you, you do everything you can. It's like, no food, no coffee. <laughs> you tell your kids, no, no. You know, and you do everything you can. It's got that, that smell, that sort of sense of newness about it. And you're like, you want to keep that forever, right? Or like when you, get a, when you get a new puppy and you just want that puppy to just stay a puppy, right, the, all, all its life, rather than grow up and be a 120-pound lab like our dog, you know. Uh, but, but you just want to kind of keep that. It's kind of like when a person comes to Christ. They want to kind of keep that change. Because let me tell you something. The world is after you to remove that feeling of change. Now, let me, let me make sure you understand this. If you truly have accepted Christ as Savior, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. In other words, the, the enemy is not going to come in and steal your salvation. Okay, we, we, we don't preach that. That's not the gospel. That's not found in the Bible. However, I will say this. If that, change, if that decision to, to invite Christ was just a bunch of empty words and not something that you really truly meant, then there's nothing for the world to take away because it never happened. The change never happened. And we talked about that last week. Last week, when, no, not last week, two weeks ago we introduced this. Last week we had Ben Calhoun, great, uh, great time together and, and great, great time with our church. But two weeks ago I talked about the, what about the change? Like, has there been a change that, is, that has been made in your life? And so we talked about sort of uh, the evidence of, um, of some of that change. And we talked about that um, if you're going to have that change, then you're going to walk in, in sort of a newness of life. Now, you're not going to be perfect. You're going to be made new. When that change happens, you're not going to be made perfect. You're going to be made new. And so the Holy Spirit comes into your life and helps you to change your desires. But if you and I are still living on a consistent basis of, of pulling towards the ways of the world, desiring the flesh, and seeking after those things, then has there really been a change? Now, there's going to be seasons in your life, even as believers, where you're going you're to fall away, you're going to trip up. But I'm talking about constantly living your life in the old way. Because if there has been a change, then the Holy Spirit would do its work. And so it's, it's all about uh, enabling the Holy Spirit, inviting the Holy Spirit to do its work in your life. So first of all, you need to make sure that a change has happened. You need to make sure that there has been a change. Today, I want us to zero in on something 
that you may not have ever thought about that will help you keep the change. And that is, that is simply this. You will keep the change with greater success if you share with others about the change Jesus made in your life. You will keep the change, and I'm not talking about keep your salvation, okay? All I'm saying is that, that new life, that feeling that, okay, I'm growing, I'm, I'm, I'm actually maturing in, in my faith, I'm keeping that change. You will keep that change with greater success if you share with others about the change Jesus made in your life. Even through the victories and the defeats, you're still sharing about Jesus. But those spiritual defeats in your life, they don't disqualify you from sharing about Jesus. And, and I don't want you to ever think that, oh, I'm not really, I'm kind of a young Christian or, or gosh, I'm not a, a preacher like you. And Hey, I encourage young believers to share their faith. In fact, I, I recently uh, I was able to speak to a, a few people in our church who, who crossed over that line to accept Christ as Savior. And it's exciting when that new birth happens. The very first thing I said, you gotta tell somebody. You gotta tell somebody. You gotta tell somebody that you believe about Jesus. It's kind of like when you, when you have, when you have an, 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 a huge announcement in your life, okay? It's kind of like when you, when you are maybe engaged with somebody or another big milestone in your life, what do you do? You tell somebody. You tell somebody. And you let people know this is exciting. And so that right there is one dead giveaway that you can help keep the change and the change has happened in your life. But it doesn't matter whether it doesn't matter if, if, you're, if you have some victories or defeats in your walk. If you, you may have been a Christian for many, many years. You're going to have defeats. You're going to have victories. But you can still share your faith. You can still share your change. And that's what this title of the sermon is today, how to share your change. How to share the change that has happened in your life. How to share your faith. And each of you have a testimony, but even with the ups and downs, that testimony can be shared. Like, for instance, here's an example. How many of you today are wearing anything that has Atlanta Braves on today? Atlanta Braves? Okay. How many of you today are wearing anything that has UGA? Georgia, University of Georgia? Okay. <laughs> it's been a rough week for Georgia sports. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we need to just pray. We need to put, you know, some hats and some jerseys on the tape, and we just all need to come and lay hands, you know, on that. It's been a rough week for Georgia sports. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm serious. And, but, but listen, you need to wear Atlanta Braves and UGA with, with pride. You need to say, hey, and I know many of you don't wear that kind of stuff to church, but man, when you get home, just put on some Atlanta Braves, all right? Put on some UGA, okay? Go dogs, all right? I mean, you want to be able to, you want to be able to show others and say, hey, uh, and, and go out somewhere. Don't just, don't just wear it at home. No, no, no. Don't just wear it at home. 
go to DG, yeah, go to DG, go to Walmart, go, go wherever, and, and, and wear it with pride. Now, this is not all about, you know, cheering for your favorite team, but I'm using this as an analogy that even with the ups and downs of victories and defeats, you want to share who you cheer for. You want to share who you live your life for. And what that's going to do, it's going to confirm in your life that that's who I cheer for right here. Win or lose, that's my team. Win or lose, Jesus is my savior. Win or lose, I'm on the Jesus team. I wear the Jesus jersey. And so it will help you to sort of keep that faith. But when, but when you share your faith, when you share the change, and I'm gonna talk about this in the sermon, you can share it in a positive way or you can share it in a negative way, okay? Like for instance, if you were to go outside and burn all of your UGA jerseys or Atlanta Braves jerseys. You're really sharing your, your, uh, your story of who, what team you cheer for in a negative way, right? Well, you and I can also share our faith in a negative way. Do you realize that if you're a believer, you are sharing your faith whether you realize it or not? You're sharing your faith by the way you live your life in a positive way or you can share your faith in a negative way? How, what do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe that Jesus has done in your life? What, how do you live your life that Jesus has made a change? And that's shared in a positive way or a negative way. So what are some ways that you can share your change, that you could share with others? Number one is baptism. Baptism. Now, I know this is really elementary, but it's the gospel, it's the gospel. Baptism is a way that you could tell others, hey, I've made the change. When, when people are baptized, when, when here at Lake Point Church and, and thousands of churches around the world, that is a sign of an inward change. Just like my wedding ring is a sign, a symbol that somebody has my heart. Baptism is a sign that someone has your heart. And, and what you do is you proclaim that. Because I ask every person that I baptize, and, and people who, uh, some of our staff and others who baptize people, they ask this question, have you accepted Jesus Christ as Savior? And they say, yes, I have. It's proclamation. I have accepted Christ as Savior. Through baptism, you are sharing your change. And we can see this in Romans chapter six, verse four. And, and if you have your copy of God's word, I'm gonna be a little sporadic. We're not using a certain a set of scriptures in a passage, but we're definitely using the gospel message, and so I'm gonna be walking through this. But this verse right here, Romans 6, 4, it says this. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And so it's just a symbol as we're raised up out of the water, we have new life in Christ. Now baptism doesn't save you, only Jesus can do that. There's nothing special in the water, but when you're baptized, you're sharing your change 
with others. And this is huge for your faith, as we see in Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you declare your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, so it starts with your heart, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So there's two things. You've got to believe in your heart, but you have to profess with your mouth. Jesus is Lord. And you do that at salvation, but you also do that at baptism. Yes, I'm being baptized because Jesus is Lord in my life. I invite him to be Lord and Savior of my life. Another reason why baptism will help you keep the change is this. It gives you something to look back on. It does. It gives you something, a, a, a milestone in your life to say, yes, I was baptized. And not that baptism saved me, but I remember that, and, and I told people about it, and, and, and I'm held accountable. My life is held accountable to those witnesses that watched me, ba- were, watched me being baptized. And so when you're baptized, you have that milestone that you can go back to. So when the devil's, devil tries to beat you down, when you are falling down, when you're defeated, when you're frustrated in your Christian walk, you can look back and say, no, devil, I was baptized. That right there is a, that right there is a sign. I remember that moment. In fact, at Lake Point Church, we give you a nice certificate. There's pictures. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Hang it on the wall. Display it. And let me share this also. If you don't remember ever being baptized, I would encourage you to be be baptized. If you don't remember being baptized. Now, I know there's, there's, there's people who come in through Lake Point Church with all walks in life and all religious backgrounds. But, but let me share you something. We, we respect the way that, um, that, that people want to uh, dedicate uh, their children. There's people who, who, have, um, who have grown up in, in certain uh, Christian backgrounds where maybe they were sprinkled. And that is a beautiful ceremony where the parents are, are dedicating that child. But that child has not made that choice. Usually they're, they're, they're sprinkled, they're an infant, and that child has not made that choice. That needs to, the choice to follow Christ needs to be made by the child not the parents. Now, at Lake Point Church, we dedicate the child through the parents, but it's, it's really the parents who are dedicating themselves. The parents are dedicating themselves to, to share the gospel message with that child. And so, um, maybe you have grown up in a, in a denomination where may, maybe they have done that, maybe they've sprinkled. And, and I don't wanna take anything away from that. That's a beautiful ceremony. But, but you need to make the choice to follow Jesus. And, and maybe you have, but to follow up with that with believer's baptism and not be ashamed of what Christ has done in your life and in your heart. And to be able to step up and say, yes, I believe, and I'm professing with my mouth. And so I want you if you've never, if you don't remember a time of, of, of being baptized, I would love for you to, to be baptized. In fact, on November 3rd, it's the last possible moment that we can have a baptism at Terminus. Yes, we're going to have a baptism in November. Praise Jesus. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to see if you really mean it, right? 
No, but on, on November 3rd, we're, and it's going to be right after church. So it's not going to be in the evening. It's going to be in the warmest part of the day. We're going to do it around 1 o'clock. We're all going to go from here. We're going to uh, drive over to Terminus right around the corner, and we're going to have just a quick little ceremony, and it's going to be awesome. We would love for you all to come. And then and uh, we already have s- several people who are being baptized that day, and it's going to be amazing. And if you cannot remember ever being baptized. And he said, you know what, <clears throat> Frank, I need, a, I need a follow up with that. I need to show others. I need to show Christ that I mean business. I need to be baptized. Please let us know. Please let us know. Trust me, there's going to be plenty of water, plenty of time, and it's going to be a great time together. So you can share your change. You can share the change your baptism. You can also share your change through being a, uh, basically a regular church attender. You can. And, and you may say, well, Frank, why would being a regular church attender help me keep the change? I mean, shouldn't I be, you know, telling people about Jesus? Yes, we're going to get into that. But when you and I come to church together, it, it, we are reminded over and over again uh, of things like, the, like today. We're reminded that we need to be sharing, other, sharing with others about um, the gospel message, about what Jesus Christ has done in our life. You know, you're, if you regularly attend church, your coworkers, your friends, your neighbors are eventually going to know about it, and they may ask questions. You, you being a part of a church is helping you to have an open door to invite someone to Christ. It happens all the time. And I know I'm a pastor, and I invite people all, all the time and stuff, but we have, we have many people in our church who are always invited. In fact, there are several people here today who are even new believers here today because someone took the time to invite them. You know why? Because there was a coworker, there was a neighbor, there was a friend, there was a family member who found that that someone at Lake Point Church, they, they go to this church, they're involved in the church, and they ask questions. But see, if you, if you never really go to church, there, that open door does not exist. And so having a church like Lake Point Church, we partner with you. You sharing your faith, your, your testimony story, and that you attend a, a church that, that preaches the gospel, cares about people, loves people, that is huge. And so you want to attend church. But also with that, you want to you make sure that, you make, that you, you make the bride, the bride of Christ, a church to be beautiful. You want to make the bride beautiful. The... Um, you know, one of the things I love doing over the past many years of being married to, to my wife is I love just telling her how beautiful she is. I think I, I think I tell her that every day. And I, I've been doing that for many, many years. And you and I can help keep the bride of Christ beautiful. That's one another. And, and the way to do that is to not be critical of the bride. 
Now, this is a way that you can share your faith in a negative way. So this is what not to do, all right? Because I meet many people whom they may attend a certain church here and there, and they are just really, really critical. Now, if, if there are some issues with, with that particular church and, and they're, they're not preaching the gospel or maybe there's some unethical things going on at that church, then there's a process that needs to happen within that church. Yeah, they need to talk to some elders or some deacons or maybe the pastor. And there's even a process here. We have, overseer, we have elders as overseers here at Lake Point Church. I am accountable to them. And as elders that you have, uh, that you have voted in as leaders and guardians of our church, and so if there's, a, if there's something that's wrong, if, if I'm not preaching the gospel, if, if there's some unethical, unethical things going on here, then you have someone to go to. Yes, and, and that's a process. But when someone is critical of the bride of Christ, whatever church they attend, without going through the proper biblical standards of dealing with that, they're hurting the bride. You know, when you think of a wedding, who is the most critical about the bride? It's the bride. It's the bride. She's standing there. She's like, ah, just, just not really. I, I wish I had, uh, you know, lost some weight or, oh, I have a pimple or my hair's just not right or, oh, I have bags underneath my eyes. And, and she's looking at the mirror and she, she is more critical of herself than anyone. When she walks out, everybody thinks she is beautiful beyond measure. Who's most critical? The bride of herself. Same way with church. Who's most critical about the church? The church. Now, we need to hold each other accountable Absolutely. But when it gets to being critical and negative about the church, can I share it with you something? You are sharing the change in a negative way. Now, there may not be anybody in here who's doing that, but you may know people who they've talked negative about their church or the church. I guarantee you there's lots of people that you work with who don't attend church and they talk negative. But I'm talking specifically about people who have accepted Christ and they should be um, uh, in an active church and it's, they're just criticizing. So what they are doing is sharing their faith in a negative way. And so we want to make sure that you aren't doing that. I want to remind you of that. So we can't be critical of the bride. We need to protect the bride. We need to make sure the bride is walking in, in, in purity and make sure that the bride looks beautiful. We need to do everything we can to protect the bride. Just like I mentioned, if there's issues even within our church, there's a process. There's people you can go to. We talk through things. We try to do everything we can to protect the unity. We don't slide things under the rug. Okay, we, we, we go to it, we, we um, consider in prayer, we talk through things, we allow God to work through them. But we need to do everything we can to protect the unity and the beauty of the bride. For example, let's say if, if, um, if you're helping the bride, and this is, this is usually not, not a man that will do this, but a, a female, and you're back in the, in the 
the bridal chambers, and, and she's getting ready to walk out, and they're ready to open the door, and they're uh, ready to play. Here comes the bride, and her, her white dress is beautiful, and, and it's long, and it's flowing behind her. But then you notice, somehow, this long black string of yarn got attached to her dress. And it's like five feet long. It came from somewhere. You're like, hmm, I wonder if I should tell her about that. You know, I don't think anybody would notice that. I mean, it's kind of, it's on the back. I mean, there are people looking at her face. Of course they will notice it. So what do you do? You protect the bride. The bride can't see that. No way. But you are there to protect the bride. And so what do you do? You remove that and say, hey, I got you. Go be beautiful. Go be beautiful. You know, there, there's many things that come alongside in their church, or the church, that people just can't see. And so we do everything we can, all of us do, to protect the bride. Again, if it's something that needs to be addressed and biblically, absolutely. But we need to do everything we can to protect the unity and the beauty of the bride because if not, people see that as your testimony, and that is a negative testimony. And you and I probably both agree the number one reason why people do not attend church is because something has happened with the church, maybe they attended the past, and it's filled with a bunch of hypocrites and negative people tearing down each other. And that's why they don't attend. That's why they don't. Y'all, we need to do everything we can to protect the unity and the beauty of the bride. I like what it says in Ephesians chapter four, verse two through six. It says this, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. That is huge. Bearing one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. So that covers all of it. We are one body serving one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So, a way that you and I can keep the change by showing our faith and sharing our faith and sharing the change through baptism, attending and being a part of a, of a church, protecting that church, not being critical of that church. And then the third way is, is live with a bold faith. Live with a bold faith. You know, you and I are living in times that's unprecedented. When you have government officials spewing things out through social media and through news interviews about how the church should just get out of the way, the church should lose tax-exempt status, the church should not be involved, you know, the whole separation of church and state, which they have, they have totally uh, messed that meaning up. And so we live in a time where, where there's the, the world, the enemy, is, is, is after the church. You and I need to walk 
and boldness. Not only do we need to be beautiful as the bride, we need to walk boldly. You never, well, I've never seen a bride when they open the door, here comes the bride, and she kind of walks here, and she takes one or two steps, and she takes another step back, and she turns around and goes and walks away. <laughs> Maybe you've seen that. I don't know. Maybe you've done that. I'm glad my, my bride didn't do that. She probably, you know, I don't know, maybe a second chance, I don't know. But a bride walks boldly down the aisle to her new life, to her new unity. You and I, as a church, we need to walk boldly. We need to live our faith boldly. And just understand this, you don't need to apologize for what's in the Bible. Let me say that again. You don't need to apologize for what's in the Bible. You don't need to apologize for what's in the Bible. Do you get that? Don't live your life like a huge apology. Like, well, I'm sorry, you know. Live your life with love, like Jesus said, but also with authority, with boldness to live out your faith. Because people in this world want something they can believe in and something that they can latch on to. Especially in this world, a bunch of fake news, a bunch of, a bunch of things that I have to fact check everything, and all these other kind of religions, and it's like, it's getting people confused. When you and I live our faith boldly, with no apology, but with love, people will say, that is something I can follow. That's something I can sink my teeth into, and I can hold on to on this crazy ride of life. So when you Walk boldly, you are able to be a bold bride. And this world will push you around. Let's keep our wedding analogy with this. Do you know in, in, in many weddings, and I see this all the time, not at every wedding, because I've done some weddings here and people here are sitting in this room. Um, I've, I see this all the time, where there's always that one mother-in-law or mom who kind of takes charge, and they want it done their way, right? They, like, take over. And it's like, no, we should have these flowers. We should have, you know, this photographer. We should have these songs. No, we should, it should be at this location. No, we should do this. We should have this food. And, and it's like they take over, and, and it just really messes up the moment for the bride. It is about the bride. It is about the bride. I've actually had to step in and, and pull a mother-in-law aside and say, excuse me, ma'am, this is not about you. It's about her. And I have authority to do that. Especially as the one who's, who's facilitating that wedding. It's not about you, ma'am. It's about her. Please step aside. And so, this world is a really, really bad mother-in-law. Right? Think of, think of that 
I mean, I, I don't know what, I, I love my mother-in-law. Praise Jesus, thank you. You know, Suzanne loves my mom. It's just, it, it's really weird, you know. And, and it might be fine in your family, but the world is like a really, really bad mother-in-law. It's just, they tr- the world is trying to run your wedding. This world is trying to tell you what, how to live your life. Hey, church, wake up. Live boldly with authority and humility and love. There's a balance there. But I want to encourage you to walk boldly because then you can share your change with the world. You can share your change with boldness and with authority. I want to encourage you to do that. So not only do we need to, a way to share the change is through baptism and to be a part of a, of, of a church, a regular, a tender, a participant of, of a church and also live your, live your life with boldness. Another way is through your testimony. Your testimony is very, very powerful. And, and, and I hope if there's anything, if there's any, one thing you get from this message, it's this. Never underestimate the power of your story, your testimony. The good, the bad, the ugly, every part of it. And let me share with you something. If you have accepted Christ as Savior, you can start sharing your story now. Right now. I shared with you earlier in the message. I was able to lead, over the past couple of weeks, lead some people to the Lord. The very first thing I said, you, you tell somebody. And we talked about who they need, to, they need to tell. And I've even told those people, hey, I will know you tell them because they will call me. <laughs> so you need to tell them. And, and they were excited to. I mean, I didn't make them. I mean, I can't. But they were excited to. They're like, yeah. And what that does, it shows me that's real. When you tell somebody, that's real. And so you want to share your testimony. Some people think that, oh, before I share about Jesus, I need to understand all this scripture. I need to understand everything. I need to memorize all this scripture, and I need to spend lots of time in prayer, and, and, and I need to do all this stuff. All that helps, yes. Memorizing scripture, yes. Praying, yes. But can I tell you something? Please don't just wait on that. It's not either or, it's both and. You can start sharing your story now. In fact, the sooner that you start sharing about your change, the, the, the more you have deposited in your spiritual life to keep that change. Because then you're able to say, yeah, the more you talk about it, you're like, yes, I believe in that change. I believe in it. And so the more that you share, and the quicker that you can share your change, the more that you feel like you can keep the change. And then the last way is this, share the gospel. Share the gospel. You have your story, you can share your testimony. And again, your testimony is like, I lived like this, now I live like this. That's all it is. I lived like this, something happened, I met Jesus, Invited them into my life. Now I live like this. I don't, I don't, I can't explain it, but that's just how it is. That's just how it is. It's kind of like falling in love. 
I used to live like this, fell in love. Now I live like this. And so you want to be able to share your testimony, but you also want to share the gospel. Let me give you some, some passages in the gospel. And the, you can actually Google this, and many of you probably have heard, heard of this, but it's simply called the Roman Road. It's real simple. It goes like this. Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's a very short, simple verse. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You have to start with that. Second one, Romans 5, 8. For God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were living in our sin, Christ died for us. And you can tell someone, Christ died for you. Third one, Romans 6, 23. For the wages, the payment of sin is death. But the gift, which you don't have to work for, it's free, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we live a life of sin, things happen. There's consequences. But because, and the ultimate consequence is death, eternal death, separation from God, but the gift of God is eternal life. And next one, Romans 10, 9 and 10. I shared this earlier. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I mean, that's, that's the gospel right there. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You are justified, meaning you are made right with God in your heart. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that Jesus is God's one and only son. I believe that Jesus lived a sinless life. And I believe that when he died, all my sin was buried, was, uh, died with him, was buried with him. And now he defeated death in the grave. And now he lives in heaven on his glorious throne. And he's going to come back for me and all, all humanity someday. I believe that. And your heart is made right with him. And then you're saved by the professing of your mouth. Yes, Jesus is Lord. And the last one, Romans 10, 13. For everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone, not, not someone who lives a good life, not just them, not someone who's, who's living a life of debauchery and sin, caught up in, not just them, it's everybody. Everybody, including them and in between. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. You have to call upon the name of the Lord. Meaning, Lord, save me. That is called the Roman road. You could share. That, that right there is, is a way that you can share your faith. One of the best ways I, I, I love to share my faith, not only through my testimony, I, I do that, but also through um, these scriptures, but there's, an, there's a really cool mobile app that I love to use. Some of you may have downloaded it in the past. It's simply called Share Your Faith. I would love for you to download that app. I'm serious. It, it's for all platforms. You could go to your, your, your app store and, go, and type in Share Your Faith. I think it's all one word. But Share Your Faith and it is a really, it's free, it's really 
really a cool app. You can actually walk through that. It gives you all the scripture. It helps you uh, share your faith with someone. You can actually give your phone to them and they can do it themselves. And they, they can walk through that and then you can say, hey, do you have any questions? Or how can I pray with you? Or you could tell someone, hey, download this app and send them a link and say, go through that and let me know if you have any questions. Let's meet for coffee. Gosh, I mean, the tools that we have, the tools that we have. Can you imagine if Jesus was preaching the Beatitudes and say, hey, everybody, get out your app, your mobile app, your mobile phone, and download this. And, and, and what I'm speaking about, it, it, it spells it all out right there. I mean, it'd be amazing. Imagine the early church in, in, in Acts, in the, in the book of Acts. You know, they proclaimed that thousands and thousands of people came to Christ. He could have just said, hey, everybody, go, go to your mobile app and download this and, and just and let us know if you have any questions. And so that right there is a great tool that you can use to share your faith. Because let me tell you something. The more you share your chains, the more you're going to feel like you keep the chains. And again, it's not keeping your salvation. That, that remains. He's going to continue to work through that, work your salvation. He's faithful. But you're going to feel like, man, I'm growing. I'm growing. I was this tall. Now I'm this tall. Now I'm this tall. You're growing in your faith. You're keeping the change. There's something happening in your life because you're sharing your change with others. You know, as I close, I, I've, I've shared the gospel message here today. I've shared a lot about, obviously, the Roman road, how to how that we're all sinners. Christ died for us, even in our sin. He demonstrated that love for us. And that if we just believe and confess and profess and that Jesus is Lord, we're gonna be saved. And and you can do that today. Or maybe when I was talking about baptism, you're like, you know, Frank, I, 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 really, need to, I really need to follow up with that. That's really going to help me to feel like, man, I'm, I'm keeping that change. I'm a changed person. And I don't want to be ashamed of Jesus. I'm ready. Maybe that's you.